What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. Boom. Anthony and Kyle. What up, guys? Welcome back. This is our second attempt at this podcast, our first attempt. Got deleted two hours and 47 minutes into it. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> that was pretty that fucked was, up. That was fucked up. Not fun. Not fun. Not the best, but we're going to make up for it now. Right? Exactly, dude. We got we got experience under our belt. Exactly. We're going to make this work this <laughs> Round time. Round two. <laughs> Round two. We're coming to you live today from West Coast Archery. They've been kind enough to allow us to have a little spot inside the back yeah. of their shop to do podcasts from. So it's I'm awesome. pretty excited. Let's see how this goes. It's a nice, cold, oh, absolutely yeah. freezing little room for us. And uh, it should be a good one, dude. Again, thank you guys so much. The Thanks support. Happens, yeah, dude. Yeah, the support. The kind words you guys are always giving us. You know what I mean? Everything like that, you guys are bar none awesome dudes. Not only that, you kind of got a lot going on as far as the last season and getting to actually do some hunts together and all that kind of stuff. You guys met at the Kuyu Mountain Academy, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, yeah. that's exactly yeah. right. Right? Yeah. So, pretty. like, that's, I mean, that's pretty awesome just to kind of be like, hey, we kind of hunt the same spots and, yeah, you know. So it's actually what brought us together, right? Yeah. It's finding out that we hunt in a similar spot, and so we're like, all right, let's yeah. start doing it together. it together, yeah, right. And so, anyways, we'll dive into it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm like, dude, it's morning. Yeah, you're like half asleep. Your eyes I'm are ha- glossed over. I'm like. half asleep, but I'm also like cranked out of my head on coffee right now. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> That's why I had to go use the pisser. Right. <laughs> and I was exactly. like, all right, double Piss, cups of coffee. Right. Piss all over myself. God. It's good stuff. You um, two need to get it together. What's wrong with you two? Man? Dude, you're like the most put together one, and you're the baby. In <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Like, oh, and you're man. lucky because on the last podcast, you discovered what DP is. Yeah, now I know. And, I'm and now you know, so we can't bag like, on you, you for not understanding yeah, what DP that's... is or getting Eiffel Tower. <laughs> but look at the smile on his face. He's pretty excited about it. Once he found out, he's like, so when do I start? He's <laughs> like, hey, you got a whole new window of opportunity. <laughs> In the private back room back here. Right? Seriously. So, all that being said, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Legion OST (laughs) DIY Outdoors Podcast. Uh, Like I said, today we're coming to you live from West Coast Archery Shop in Petaluma. And uh, we're going to dive into this podcast today. i got Anthony and Kyle. Um, I look forward to finding out your guys' experience. Hearing what worked in the field for you, what you guys' kit is primarily made of, and uh, diving into this episode. So, Anthony, why don't you introduce yourself? So, yeah, my name's Anthony. I'm 20 years old. I'm uh, from, uh, sorry, from Fremont, California, and I currently live in Manteca. Um, been living there for the past year or so, um, and I've been kind of just started getting into hunting within the past, I don't know, five years or so. Um, what brought you into hunting? So I kind of grew up around it for the most part. My dad hunted, used to hunt a lot when um, when he was younger, yeah. kind of before having me and whatnot. Um, my uncles and a couple of my cousins, they would hunt. Um, and it's not something I really even thought about. Like I knew what it was and everything like that, but I didn't really think about it till I was about 
eight years old or so. Um, me and my dad, that's when I was actually doing a lot of fishing with me and my dad. We'd watch, you know, TV shows, fishing and hunting. And then Jimmy I started Houston, going Houston, Banjo Minnow. No? That I won, I tried to get a Banjo Minnow one time, and my dad's like, no, nah, I'm not spending 20 bucks on a damn lure. I'm like, Dad, it's the Banjo Minnow, though. Come That's on. like my favorite lure of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Did that ever work? Did you ever catch fish on that? Yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Caught plenty of fish on that. It was epic. Yeah. But So, yeah, we would watch hunt shows, and that's kind of got me into hunting. I was like 10 years old, like sitting there saving up my birthday money and my Christmas money, trying to, like, Dad, I want to buy a rifle. I want to go yeah. deer hunting. And that didn't happen. Um... And actually ended up, I think I was like 13 or so when my dad found one of his old bows, super old bear something. Compound wood? Some, was yeah, it wood compound, was it? Um, like graphite okay. um, with just the wheels on the yeah, end. Yeah. Um, and I was shooting that thing in the backyard completely wrong, yeah. as I've discovered. Oh, for sure. You know, um, being happy to hit a paper plate at 20 yards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I kind of figured out how I'm supposed to do it and whatnot, you know. And eventually, and then my dad, for my 14th birthday, I was like, yeah, he's like, what do you want? I was like, I want a new bow. Yeah. I want, I want to be able to go and go hunting and do all that stuff. And he's like, yeah. okay. And sure enough, he went out, we went to the shop, and I was just looking at the bows. And he's like, okay, we're buying that one. Yeah. Like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, You're, and it was, yeah, it was a Hoyt Rampage XT, and I shot that bow for about six years. Yeah. So, so I shot that bow for, yeah, I've shot that boat for a while so as a kid did you ever go through like a cabela's catalog like so growing up oh yeah i used to go through the cabela's catalog the master oh yeah like they'd send, send you that big that big giant save them dude yeah. and i'd go yeah. through them and i'd circle i want just, these lures and this reel yep. just daydream all yeah, day daydream you know and then like, when i was a really little kid they had the most awesome cap guns and you get like a double barrel <laughs> shotgun <laughs> cap gun and like all kinds of really cool shit, oh, but yeah, and no, I actually I went on to the internet and I would I signed myself up for the list because my dad didn't do it. My dad yeah. doesn't. My dad barely knows how to even use the internet, so uh -huh. it's like I just went on there and I signed stuff for the catalog. Catalog would come in and I'd sit there all day <laughs> look at it. Daydreaming like, yeah, about just the master like, collection of gear. When I have money, I'll buy the, all these things. Right, yeah. things to save up for. But yeah, so. But once I got that bow and then I really wanted to start hunting, um, and I, so I kind of got my dad back into the hunting thing. Yeah. Um, and we went out and, I mean, we, I had no idea what I was doing. I was going based off of TV, Midwestern whitetail hunting and trying yeah. to use whatever tips they gave me on that. But that's a little different than hunting blacktails in California. So, um, but yeah, I'm still kind of trying to figure it out, but I think I'm getting better. I'm starting to see deer with antlers here and there now. Yeah. So. Yeah. More so than you used to then. A lot more so than yeah. I used to, yeah. So. And that's inside five years of hunting. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Kyle, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So, um, I grew up in upstate New York, but I was born in Southern California. Uh-huh. So, what we would do is, because my mom's family would always, uh, she, her family was from Southern California, and my dad's family was from Utah, even though I grew up in upstate New York we would come out and visit here as like our yearly vacation. Mm -hmm. And so there wasn't ever like hunting opportunities. It was more like visiting family, riding dirt bikes, going to the beach. But I always knew that I wanted to move back to California. Yeah. Because where I grew up in New York, it's a tiny town in the middle of nowhere, like five hours outside the city. Yeah. So it was, you know, not much to do. And I grew up on a kind of two and a half acre plot of land mm -hmm. next to a larger plot that we could go and pretty much hike around and whatnot, and I spent almost every day growing up just running around with a pellet gun, 
and uh, run around the woods, mountain biking, snowboarding in the winter, just kind of doing outdoor activities. And my parents never let me actually have video game systems or like really watch too much TV. Was that because they're Mormon? Or? That's what I was leading into. I grew up Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up Mormon, they all said, oh, it's going to rot your brain, this yeah. and that. So they were just always pushing me to be outside. Yeah. And I guess since my parents met rock climbing, they're both very outdoorsy people. Oh, that's awesome. So they've all, that's always kind of been like a push for me. Yeah. And Do so, you rock climb? So after being hit by my second car... Ah. I can't move this wrist back anymore. So wait, why did you get hit by two cars? <laughs> yeah. So after growing up in New York, I moved out to Santa Barbara mm-hmm. because I wanted to find the best place to party on the beach. The angry pirate down there. Exactly. We talked about we that. We talked about pirate on the last, last time. Run. Exactly. Yeah. And he cleaned up his act apparently. Did he? Still have to Google it just to reconfirm. I remember he had a MySpace page. Wow, back in the day. Yeah. Would have put him on my top eight. <laughs> no, Thanks, Tom. Yeah, had a MySpace exactly. in fifth grade. You had a MySpace. I was in fifth grade. And I had a MySpace. Your parents allowed you to have a MySpace. They didn't know what they, they didn't know what a MySpace That's was. That's terrible. Parenting. They didn't know what a MySpace was. They didn't know what I was doing on the computer. That's horrifying. They didn't know what... <laughs> oh man, God, I, it's just I, so many experiences. <laughs> dude, I I just found out that God, I want to say the chick's name was Forbidden. <laughs> right? And she was in everybody's top eight, right? But I guess that chick died. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know how or what, what? happened or anything like that. But Oh, wow. I just found out when I was at, like, the last expo. Really? Yeah, I was blown away. I was like, oh, shit. Like, anyways. All right. <laughs> okay, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, whatever that yeah. So, uh, throwing it back, uh, I guess I'll start back up. Uh, you know, moved out to Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Wanted to uh, focus on, kind of had this weird idea. Of since my dad, growing up Mormon, when my parents got divorced, <coughs> my dad developed a drinking issue. So part of the reason me wanting to move to the beach mm-hmm. at 18 was I wanted to party so much that I didn't want to do it ever again. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of get it out of my system, didn't want to hit that later in life. So I went all out in Santa Barbara, kind of dropped the whole hunting and thing, hunting and fishing outdoors. So did you kind of grow up getting into hunting and fishing in the outdoors then? Yeah. You so, started at a young age. Yes. Okay. So my dad, again, growing up in Utah... Yeah. Um, grew up doing a lot of hunting and fishing, mm-hmm. but he kind of got out of it when I started getting interested in it and got my first pellet gun and my first bow. He started kind of working in as well, getting back interested. Yeah. So we'd start shooting guns, and in New York, there's not too much public land. Yeah. So we do. We go to a couple pheasant farms. Uh, I shot a deer, my first deer, um, off of Deer Ranch. Um, that I found in like a newspaper clipping in New York. In New York. That's right. And uh, also did a. Sheep hunt there on a ranch as well. Like a Corsican? Um, I think they called it a Rocky Mountain Ram. It was the white white fur with like the curly horns that go out like this. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm hesitating on the name is because it was in Pennsylvania. And so uh-huh. it just said Rocky There's Mountain Ram. There's a lot Ram. of Rocky Mountains in Pennsylvania. So that's why I'm like, For you know sure. what? <laughs> Whatever this is, I'm sure it's not actually this name. Yeah. But I went on... Essentially, they had sheep's like, like back yeah, there. Yeah, they just had a, just a different exotics, bunch exactly. of exotics. Yeah, right for sure. So I went. And I, I mean, that's all I've ever killed is exotics when it comes to sheep. So and see, that's the thing is it's so hard to get a tag for it. And back then, I yeah. didn't know anything about it, so yeah. I was just like, oh, that'll be that'll be a cool one. My for dad sure. ironically said, I want to do one last thing after he was kind of going downhill a little bit. He's, we need to go. He was living in Utah. We need to do one last hunt. Before, you know, anything, if anything was to happen, I'd want to do one last hunt with you before yeah. I was to die. Ironically, he ended up dying like two years, a year after that. 
Yeah, so we got right. this one last hunt where we got to go to the private ranch and do that. Yeah. So that was a cool thing to be able to do and experience. Yeah. Um, but again, there wasn't too much public land, so it wasn't like I was out <clears throat> hunting all the time other than when I was younger with my pellet gun for like squirrels and stuff like and that. And birds. So what was it like when you shot your first bird and watched it die with a pellet gun? <laughs> I was kind of just like, there were so many people around and I was young. Did and you feel it was, bad? So not really, because I oh, really? like I feel really bad now, <laughs> but when I was so young, it was at this uh, Mormon Boy Scout camp out, and someone was just like, I bet you can't hit that bird over there. Yeah. And I had my Red Rider BB gun, and How? I hit the bird, yeah. and I was just like, I'm accomplished, I did it. Yeah. And then it was that feeling of like, oh my God. But yeah. like that first initial feeling was like, okay, I got it. And now I look back on it, and I'm like, I'm a fucking asshole. I should have never felt that way. Whatever. But <laughs> being however old I was, I was just like, my, oh, man. Dude, my first time killing a bird with my pellet gun in the backyard, dude, I felt like I was so excited to do it and, like, get it in the crosshairs and shoot it. And then when it spiraled off of the, and you realize. Off the wire, I felt horrible yep. and, like, so much guilt, shame, and remorse. It was ridiculous. Yeah. First one, yep. actually, I wasn't even with a pellet gun. It was with an airsoft gun. Nice. Because like, airsoft was a thing when you were a child. Yeah, it wasn't a it thing. Wasn't it didn't thing. even exist when I was no. a kid. Yeah, you couldn't shoot You're each young. other. Yeah. You're like a baby. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, did um decent amount of that hunting. Um, mm-hmm. But again, very different end. And again, growing up Mormon, we had people that had different plots of land. So sometimes my dad yeah. and I would be able to go off. But for the most part, uh, I hunted a lot more of just like running around in the woods as a little cool. kid. And then enjoying the outdoors and learning it, understanding it. Exactly. And then yeah. focused more on girls, which led into partying and things College like that. College exactly. and crazy stuff, which, which doesn't lead that much. <laughs> Isn't the most productive when you're trying to be a productive hunter as well. Right. So I kind of For had sure. to put that aside so I could focus on that. But always, I never sold any of my gear. I always kept my bow. I always uh-huh. kept my pack, all that stuff, because I knew I wanted to get back into it. Yeah. And so now this is my time to slowly get back into it. Yeah, for sure. I, I diverted from hunting when I was like 16 to 22 mm-hmm. for a myriad of different reasons. But right. kind of just I was glad and... I always had my gear when I came back. Exactly. It's <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> right? So Santa Barbara, you ended up meeting a gal. You moved to Northern California. Yep. Right? Now, you guys met... Last year at the Mountain Academy in May. Me and which, yeah. Right? Yeah. Which Lee, or was it in June? I don't know. Whenever uh, it was, right before days. A-Zone opened right. up. Yeah. And let's dive into 2018 hunting season. You know, how did you guys come to connect and network with each other to the point where it's like, all right, cool, let's hunt together. Let's, you know what I mean? Let's check out some A-Zone spots and, and dive into this. So we were pretty much just talking about it, you know, like, all right, you know, like, hey, like, yeah, we're hunting the same spot. We were talking at the academy about it. I was showing him some deer that were taken out of there um, mm-hmm. that, you know, and I was showing him deer that I had pictures of and stuff like that. On and trail cameras. On trail cameras, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. And was, so was this for archery hunting then, I'm assuming? So we, I, I hunt, or I'll hunt whatever could extend my season, basically. For, yeah, for, so I, you can I, hunt I, as many days I, as possible. Yeah, basically. So and same for you? So I actually have... Because I had very little money when I stopped my parting and switching into this, I had my mom send my bow out from, she was living in Illinois at the time. Yeah. So I had set the goal that I'm going to use my bow to kill something. Yeah. So that bow, it was something I had, I bought it like 13 or something. Bought mm-hmm. a new bow from West Coast here. Yeah. A new Hoyt and I absolutely love it. Yeah. But 
because I've made this goal and I've bought the new white, I haven't actually switched over to any rifle hunting. Mm-hmm. So I have two deer seasons, and this is my third pig season that I've been hunting. But everything's just been with a bow. So you're only archery. Only archery. That's it. Just because it's not like because you I, want to kill something with your bow. Exactly. Yeah. I've set the goal for myself, and, and I don't want to do give it. up on it. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. I mean, my first two years of hunting was with a bow only. So yeah. I, I didn't hunt with a rifle till after my first two years, and that's just because we never had a rifle. Yeah. And I was actually using my one of my uncle's rifles when I eventually did go hunt out with a rifle. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's just how it is. You know, and hunting with a bow just makes it gives you more opportunities in California. You can uh-huh. hunt at an earlier season, and then during the general season, you can still use it. Yeah. So it's not that you know, AO tag is good. Yeah. So five zones on an AO, AO tag. This yeah. Year. Well, and that's yeah. amazing thing about an archery only tag is yeah. that. You can hunt from July basically all the way until like December. December. If you go down south enough. If you go down, yeah, if you go down to the southern D zones and all that kind of stuff, which like that's a long hunting season for anybody. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, you can't beat it. Yeah, so we started hunting together. Um, and or well, he went out. We were just talking. He went out like opener of a zone. I couldn't make the opener. Uh, the opening morning, I had to. Go, I went for the evening on that Saturday, mm-hmm. um, and he was there all day. Um, I remember his last Instagram story was like putting a stock on a buck, and then I'm sitting there like it's dark, and I'm like still like halfway to where he's at, and I'm like, hey, like texting him like, did you get what'd you do? What happened? Anything happened? Like, do I need to come help you? Like, yeah, send me something, and I'm just like it's dark. I don't know. I don't know where he's at really, and then so we just got back down, and it's like two hours later, I see headlights coming out. I'm like, huh. Well, let's see. And came back down, and he had that story for that. But we, and then pretty much at that point, we were just kind of going back and forth. Like, okay, yeah, I'm going out this day. He's like, hey, I can go out this day too. Let's go together. Yeah. I'm like, all right, let's go. And we'd meet and we'd head up the mountain and go for it, uh-huh. essentially. So that's kind of how we started hunting together um, for the most part, uh, at least in A zone. Cool. So you guys are just essentially you're meeting at a trailhead are you camping at the trailhead are you camping in the back country or i so where we're hunting at we can't pack in uh-huh. in, in camp technically legally uh-huh. um I, i'd sleep in the back of my truck at the trailhead night before i'd get usually i'd get off work 10 o'clock at night go drive the hour up there to where i'm at and sleep in my truck and just wake up the next morning and go and yeah. hike from the truck um what which, about you Kyle? Usually the opposite. I usually, he'll be up there waiting in his truck, and because I work nights as a waiter, yeah. I usually, depending on what time I get off, like to, I live five minutes from my work. So I like to just swing by my house, get a couple hours of sleep, and then at, you know, three in the morning or whatever, pack up, and then I'll start driving out. Oh, really? So sometimes So I'll you get there at, like, first light, and you'll be rested all night? Pretty much. So <laughs> I watched, like, yeah, I mean, an hour before first light, I roll up, and I'm like, all right, pound yeah. the last of the coffee, let's get up there. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, He's like, oh, I've been ready to go for 20 minutes. <laughs> so, A-Zone's hot. Yes. Hot. Right? Hell A-Zone hot. is super duper hot. It's, like, ridiculously hot. So, where you guys are hunting, there's pigs yep. and there's deer, right? hmm So, do you and ever lines. find the pigs to be distracting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, right? this last year... Um, I only bought a pig tag this last year because there was so much pig sign. Uh-huh. And I was like, I have yet to shoot a pig on public property. Mm-hmm. I want to shoot one on public property. And I would just say, like, hey, I've been able to shoot a pig on public public land. Yeah. Uh, so I bought a pig tag for that reason that reason only. Um, and, just, you know, and I was eventually able to accomplish that this last season. Um, I think it's like my third hunt of the season that I was able to uh, get a pig. And that was great. But, and... 
prior times for me, at least, uh, with one of the private land spots I'd hunt, I stopped carrying a pig tag just because I would see pigs, and I would tell myself, like, I don't shoot a pig. It's deer season. Wait, see what you can do about shooting shooting a deer. You know, don't ruin it, the yeah. hunt, at 6 in the morning for a pig. Yeah. But, of course, if I have a tag in my pocket and I see a pig, I'm like, nah, let's do it. It's, it's still me. But, so I pretty much stopped carrying a pig tag. Really? At, at that point, just because I was like, I, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, even after I took took that land, uh, pig this last season, I, I didn't buy another pig tag. Oh, really? Um, I had an opportunity to go hunt <laughs> with one of my old football coaches on his land who had a lot of pigs. I didn't buy a pig tag for that. And I was like, and he shot a pig early morning. And I was like, dude, like, he's like, you want, you want to shoot a pig? There's pigs right there. There's pigs right there. I'm like, let's see if we can find a deer. I don't Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that's what I've been hell bent, hell bent on is trying to get a deer, trying to get a buck. Um, but yeah, they they can get distracting at times, especially if they get in the way of you, get in the way between you and a deer. Right. What about you for? So uh, I'm just I set the goal just like uh, killing a um, animal with my bow. Yeah. I also have the public land pig just like set on there. And actually, when I first started, had people asking like because I worked at a restaurant, I talked to some people and. People actually offered me to come up to the ranches, mm-hmm. and I was so dumb, and I had run into enough pigs at one of the areas that I was hunting at the time, that I was like, oh, you know what, I'm not going to go to someone else's land, I'm going to stick here on the public land, and I'm just going to try and do it on public. Like so a I badge thought, of honor that you got it on public land. It's because I thought that it was going to be easier than it is. And yeah. here I am three seasons later with zero Pigless. pigs. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so opening day of deer season for archery. I was sitting there looking for deer, and I'd seen a bunch of pigs in the, or a big sign in the area. I had yeah. actually confirmed that there was pigs there. And uh, our buddy Juan was cruising through the canyon, and all of a sudden I look up, and I see like 10 pigs just running right up for me. So oh, really? I'm trying to run across, and I'm just like, I don't give a shit if it's deer or pigs, whatever. I'm like, hey, it's legal. It's, um, you know, I can shoot it. I'm trying to get something right now. Yeah. So I'm running after these Meat pigs. Meat on the table. Exactly. For sure. <laughs> so they run up, and where I'm hunting is right next to the, uh, the private boundary line. Yeah. And they run right off over onto uh, the private. Oh, and they so you just never camp even out got a there. shot. No, exactly. So like, I watched them, and it was enough time for me to get some phone scope of it. Yeah. And like, just try and run over and get my things all situated. And no, nothing happened. So that was the same night that I put the stock on the buck after we ran into those pigs. Oh, really? Saw another buck. Um, and you were down at the trailhead. I was actually I was at work when I was seeing this uh, whole thing going. Oh, okay. Um, or at least on my way home, or up, on my way to the trailhead. Probably, so then, when you home. got to the trailhead, is when you saw his headlamp coming down the mountain. When I is... got no, I got the trailhead. I went like halfway up the mountain. Oh, like okay. I, to a different spot, and I'm sitting there watch. Um, I that's so yeah. I guess I was already in there. Yeah. Because I was watching him. You did a half day that day, I think. Yeah, I did like a two hour hunt in the evening just to do something well, right there's no reason not to right um, there's then, daylight you gotta do yeah, it yeah exactly go so. for it but yeah i was just watching him on my phone and then you know nothing and i i stayed up there in the dark for a little bit waiting to see if i'd hear back and i never did so i yeah. just went on down so you saw those pigs you spotted that buck and you started to make a stock on a buck so i tried stalking into that buck and it was had to go all the way across the canyon and kind of loop back around in like a big U. Is that because you're trying to get around the you're trying to get around the wind? Right, right. Okay. So the wind's pretty consistently coming one way, but I was almost like the deer was essentially behind me, mm-hmm. so I was gonna have to make a giant loop around. Yeah. So that I could get behind the buck. So when you were looking for the wind, I mean, I know that you're in the field and you can feel it. 
you know? Mm-hmm. But do you also, do you look on your any apps on your phone to see what the wind is? I use Wind Willie a lot. Okay, Wind um, Willie. Wind Willie. Is that an app? <laughs> the the uh, name of it actually sounds like it's probably like some kind of porn site or something. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. It's uh, whenever you just type in, uh, like, uh, I'm not going to use the city that we hunted, but just type in a city yeah. and then wind report, it's usually the first one that pops up. Oh, really? And so I'll use that just to see what the wind's supposed to be. And it'll give you predictions of, like, it's going to be 15 miles an hour at 9, and then it's going to drop at 1 to 4 miles an hour. And to better plan up. a stock that you might be going on. Exactly. So okay. I try and base that off of where I'm going to sit for that day for this Yeah, area. for sure. So the wind was pretty consistent, and it was enough where I thought I could make the stock around. Uh-huh. I got out there. I have my buddy spotting for me, my girlfriend's little brother. Yeah. I get to the point where I'm there, and I'm like, man, I have made so much noise. There's no way that this buck is still here. It's starting. The sun's going down. It's getting dark. I'm looking around. I'm like, man, I'm right in this area where he was, but mm-hmm. I just cannot see him at all. So I was like, I must have spooked him. It's super dry during A-zone. It's hot. And we're hunting a burn, so there's a lot of stuff we're just, you know, catching on my pants, snapping off. Yeah. So I decide, I'm like, you know what, this buck's not here. I'm going to go back to Harrison and uh, help him pack out, because I wasn't sure if he had a headlamp. My phone had died, so I wasn't going to be able to text anyone why I couldn't respond to him, being like, what's going on? Where you at, buddy? Exactly. Yeah. So. Meanwhile, he's frustrated because he yeah. can't get a hold of him. Yeah, he's like, you're stalking a buck, what's going on, man? <laughs> So silence, like I cut back and I get back to Harrison. And he's up there, so pissed. Uh-huh. And I'm like, "What's going on, man?" He's like, "Dude, you were 50 yards from that buck." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Dude, you were literally the buck moved up 50 yards. You were standing there looking around like a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, dear no. still there. Didn't spook, but it's thick enough. I couldn't see it at yeah. all. And you know, I gave up essentially. And I look back on it every day now, and I'm like, that was opening day." I was like, I saw pigs today, I saw this deer, this is going to be a great, easy season, I got this, you know what, like, it didn't work out this time, so instead of sticking it out to the very end, like I showed him until I couldn't see anymore, yeah. I hiked back and lost the best opportunity, well, one of the best opportunities I had about this season. So uh-huh. One of those things that I told Harrison, I was like, make sure you always have a headlamp, because I'm not doing that ever again. Oh, <laughs> Made <really>? that mistake <laughs> once. If uh, you see me or you don't see me again, just meet me back at the trailhead. Uh huh. So, when you guys are looking for the valleys, obviously you park at the trailhead, right? And you hike in for the day. When you guys are in a zone and you're looking for the spots where you want to hunt, are you looking for a thick spot, a wide open spot? What type of terrain are you guys looking for when you're trying to find where you're going to make your next hunt? For me, I kind of I look for all of the above. I look for something uh-huh. that's got open areas, has tree cover, but then also has real thick brush areas as yeah. well as water. Uh huh. Um, which I've pretty much I've found a spot, and I every time I've been there at the right time, I've been able to see a good see a buck, a legal buck. Mm-hmm. So you're um, glassing a lot. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm so that's pretty much what I'm looking for, just because I've seen deer do all kinds of things. They could sit there and just be in the thickest brush to a point where. You're lucky if you could see their antlers sticking up. It's yeah. so thick and just nasty, and there's no way you're even going to get close to you're them. You're going to find it. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, they'll just be on a bare hillside just uh-huh. eating, and they'll sit there and just lay in the grass and just become invisible in the grass. And you're just like, there's no... And I've have, I've seen both bucks go both ways. Right. And, of course, it's A-zone. It's hot. They need water. Right. So water's got to be somewhere. There's got to be a close water yeah, source. Yeah, so you got to find water at some point and just at yeah. least at least know where the water's at so where they're moving back and forth. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that's how I 
Or so you're, are you patterning bucks at all? Like, do you do preseason scouting with your trail cams? Tried or? to. I ran probably four or five cameras up there. Uh-huh. And I got to the point where I thought I had this perfect spot and the most tucked away in the very back piece of the property where I was like, no one gets back here. This has to be where all the deer are. Yeah. And I found some really good pictures yeah. before the season started. And then I was just not getting anything consistent once the season started. Right. Everything changes, man. So, it was just one of those deer things. deer no, dude. Yeah. Oh, they've got the calendar. They've got the rule book. Oh, They're for like, sure. <laughs> opening day, perfect. Time to bounce. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this was my first year really doing any scouting. Um, and I did a very minimal amount mm-hmm. with it. But I did. if I didn't scout, I wouldn't have found the area that I actually... That led to me, A, shooting the pig. And B, actually led to me seeing quite a few bucks. Mm-hmm. And, and getting a shot opportunity on a buck. Uh-huh. So... I'm definitely going to hit it a lot more harder this year. Yeah. Um, I got a new spot to check out. Um, but, yeah, so it's definitely the scouting payoff and then getting up early paid off. That, you know. So when you guys scout, like, what would you say, how many days are you guys putting in scouting? Like, are you putting in a week? Are you putting in, like, 10 days prior to the season opening? Or, you know, what's that look like for you guys? Because it sounds kind of like you're finding deer, and you're finding deer in A-zone, you're finding deer in A-zone on public grounds. Yeah. Right? And you're finding pigs as well. Yeah. You know, so I feel like it'd be beneficial for people to kind of have an idea instead of just weekend warrioring it, figuring out a plan, getting out there, putting in the time, you know, similar to what other people that are having success as far as finding animals... You know, and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. So how much time do you feel like you're putting in the field? I, I Well, quite honestly, last year I put in, I don't know, five days within two months prior to the season. Scouting. Or so scouting. Yeah. yeah. Which isn't that much, as most people think. I, I try to get out every week. But you know what? That's this. five days more than yeah. 90% of the people that yeah, go out there. exactly. And you know what? As like, I, I still consider myself to be a weekend warrior. I hit Fridays. I get Fridays and Sundays off, and I'll usually hit those two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, preferably try to do Fridays if I can only do one because yeah. less people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it really just comes down to just... I've been hunting the same spot for five years. Um, it's also a spot that my dad and uncle have hunted since the 80s. Which, I mean, obviously back then it was a lot different, but just figuring it out, trying to figure out, okay, this is where I've seen deer, this is... And then what I've started to do is kind of read the other hunters mm-hmm. and see what they're doing. And play off what And play they're off doing. what they're doing. So yeah. getting away, just getting away from them and going to where, okay, well, this is where a lot of the guys are going. The deer, they're going to bump deer and their deer are probably going to go about this way, let's check that out and that's and you're gonna look for much, a choke point yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. and that's pretty much exactly what um has led to me this season so mm-hmm. um yeah it's just like i said knowing the land figuring it out but also just playing off other hunters and not because that that's one thing that my I, like if i want my dad he wants to do what everyone <laughs> else is doing and i'm like no it's not do what everyone <laughs> else is doing. yeah which don't get me wrong i've had that happen where like you could go up like Right when shooting time starts, you could hit the trailhead. Mm-hmm. If it's late season and you got a lot of guys on a Sunday, the deer are running, running shitless, basically. They're yeah. scared for their lives. They are running all over the place. You'll find deer in places you've never thought you'll see yeah. deer. Um, well, they're mo- they're just being moved. Yeah. And I, I feel, because for me, dude, sometimes it's so hard for me to go into places in the dark. Right. Because what am I missing on my way in? How many you know bucks I mean? are you walking by? How many anything am I walking by? You know, whether it's it's does or bucks, you know, but just deer in general, yeah. you know. For, for me, I get out 
little bit, a little bit, I have a different schedule than Anthony. I work, yeah. again, I, as I mentioned, I work as a waiter. Yeah. So deer season just happens to be my slow time. Uh-huh. So I end up getting out. How I, convenient is that? Exactly, right? <laughs> and when I worked in Santa Barbara, it was summers were always the busiest. Yeah. But up here, it's the wintertime's the busiest. Yeah. No one wants a steak when it's 110 degrees out. Right. So Those I can always request a couple of days off here and there. Or what I end up doing also is just going up in the morning mm-hmm. and then driving back and then going to work at night. Mm-hmm. So I'm a shitty server at night, like I'm a shitty hunter during the day, but that's just because I'm tired at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Focusing on hunting. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, days in the field this last year, I would say over 75. Really? All together? Yeah. For I've, everything? Hunting little, and scouting? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all together. And that's yeah. with some waterfowl days, too. Yeah. So, I mean, it might even be a little bit more than that, including camping trips and stuff. Uh-huh. But the way I always shoot for it is I try and get out once a week. Yeah. And if I can't get out once a week, I'll go out twice a week the week after that. Yeah. And it's been thrown off for me the last two or three weeks because school just started up and... Uh-huh. I worked the last 10 days in work, oh, wow. work in a row. So it's thrown off, but it's to the point now where I'm just itching to get out there. Because right. I've gotten to the point where I'm out so much. And again, I live in Pleasant Hill. Mm-hmm. So there's traffic everywhere. No matter what, dude. Anywhere you go in the Bay Area, exactly. dude, we're just like slammed with traffic. So it's my way to get it's, away and like release. Right. It's so, terrible. Exactly. So for you guys, what kind of gear are you running? To be running around in a zone in a hundred degree weather. So this last season, this was the first season. Um, you, you were one who kind of talked me into it, and just seen a lot Uh-oh. of other things. Yeah, hopefully it wasn't something bad. Um, <laughs> this was the first time I spent any real money on any kind of gear. Getting gear, getting gear. Yeah, you know, I always ran because we've talked for a long time. Yeah, I was always yeah. ran like the hundred percent cotton redhead T-shirts. Uh huh. Um, with just regular pants you know whatever cheapest redhead pants i could find at bass pro yeah and that's what i run um that's what i ran for years you know um and eventually i just i was like you know someone it was you and then there's someone else too i seen someone talk about just how important gear is and everything you're just kind of saying the same thing and someone has brought up q and i remember because you were telling me about q at one point i looked it up and i seen the 400 jacket i was like nah and i, was, I put <laughs> it away pro? Put it away. I was like, no. And then someone was saying, like, well, you know, Kui's just like Sitka, except it's cheaper and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, is it cheaper? And I started looking into it, and I started saying, okay, yeah, it is cheaper. It's like, yeah. I was like, okay, I I could manage that if it's reason. You know, if I could justify it, then, yeah, I could do it. Um, So I started my research on it, basically, high and far, because I'm 20 years old, and I work in retail, and I live on my own for the most part. So it's not like I could just go and drop 200 bucks and... 300 bucks in gear over a weekend and call right. it good. Like, no, right. I was like, I'm, if I'm, and if it doesn't work, then I'm screwed. So right. I was like, I'm doing, doing my research and I, I looked high and far for used gear. So size 38 pants, uh, if it's QU double XL and tops, you could send them my way. Uh, You'll buy it. Yeah. <laughs> well, send, send them my look way no and I'll further. consider it. I will consider look, it. I could say that no much. further size 38 double XL QU gear. Yeah, Anthony will buy it. Yes, no matter what. Stockfleet underscore one o five. That that is my Instagram account. You can find me there, and you can let me know because I've bought lots of used gear. <laughs> I think there's like three pieces of gear, which is like my sh- gloves and my hat that aren't used. Yeah, everything else is used, and it works great. Yeah. Um, will you buy used underwear? It, no, no, I won't stop that. No. <laughs> eBay, huh, eBay, Craigslist. I the 
I bought a cute... I meant for the used underwear. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You're talking about for the gear. Uh, no, gear, I... So... No, and I check that stuff every day. I check that stuff every day just to see what yeah. it is. I got a Kuyu pack, 7,200, whole kit for 150 bucks. Oh, wow. I sold the bag for 160. Yeah. I got the frame and the suspension for So free. you're going to tell people that publicly. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell people that. They can, because... It, it, it should be out there. I've got I've got my kit going pretty much at this point. To so where what I'm are okay you? So it. what are you running? So I'm running the Alpine pants, the Kuyu Alpine pants. Uh-huh. Which, if you're considering anything, pants from Kuyu have a mesh zipper down the side that mm-hmm. make life a million and three times nicer. The breathe in your pockets. Hot. Yes, the, for sure. The mesh zips. Yeah. And then I'm, for my top, I'm wearing a right now. Last season, I was wearing a Merino 125 short sleeve on underneath a Tiburon top. Mm-hmm. So I started with a Tiburon top. I went, did one scouting trip, and I was like, this stuff doesn't wick away sweat at all. It's mm-hmm. crazy breathable, but it doesn't wick away sweat. I need something really light. Did my research to Merino 125. I got a short sleeve um, from the Mountain Academy for like 30 bucks, And I was yeah. like, hey, let's do I'll take that. Um, but I'm going to try out a long sleeve this season, see how that works, the yeah. 125 long sleeve. Just because I do get a lot of sweat still, like lower on my arms, I'm like that's so. And you don't the Tiburon doesn't wick away the sweat for you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the Tiburon doesn't wick away sweat. It's oh. really breathable and it's more durable than the Merino. I've noticed. See, I mean, so for me, because I run Tiburon, I run Tiburon shorts, Tiburon yeah. tops, Tiburon pants, and I, I haven't had that problem. Really? Yeah, it always just. That's dry pants instantly. Yeah. So it so it'll dry, but my sweat will just sit there and just lay on my arm. It won't like it won't take the sweat away from my skin. It'll just sit there on my arm, and like if I can do it, it will. But uh-huh. yeah, I just it just wasn't working that way. But it was a lot more durable than the merino. I've noticed. Uh-huh. So I um and that was a general consensus I was getting from my online research was that the merino one twenty five the long the would be cooler. Yeah. Um, but not as durable as a Tiburon, so for sure. I was like, well, may as well just wear the Tiburon over that and see how that works. Yeah. So, and yeah, like I said, the short sleeve. Now I'll see how the long sleeve does next season. But what about you, Kyle? What are you running for gear? So, I, what's in uh, your pack? Let's see. In my pack, I've got a couple different things. Mm-hmm. Um, run mostly Kuyu gear. Yeah. Um, it was funny last time we talked about it, and I was like, I don't know if I'd say I'm brand loyal. And then I yeah. looked in my pack, and I was like. Everything's fucking Kuyu. Yeah. <laughs> I can't try and pretend. Like, I'm not necessarily only buying it because it is Kuyu. Yeah. But when I look at all my gear, I'm like, it's all fucking Kuyu, and I love it. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, like, you know, you bring up an interesting point, because, like, like for me, dude, I'm super particular. I'm right. super brand loyal. I was brand loyal to Cabela's for right entirety of my life. Until Bass Pro. <laughs> until Bass Pro bought them out, Bass right? Bass. And then I switched. Mm-hmm. And I'll never buy anything at Cabela's again. Personal preference. <laughs> personal gripes. Um, personal issues. You know, right? Seriously. Yeah. I got grudges. issues. I got grudges. Plenty, yeah. I got plenty of issues. I don't <laughs> know if there's grudges there. It's just Bass Pro I'm just not <laughs> yeah. a fan of. Yeah. Um, but all that being said, you know, it's... it's. I think for me, brand loyalties is, is number one. You mm-hmm. know, But at the same time, there's so many people that you know, wear whatever is comfortable for them, you know, and, and I mean, I wear whatever's comfortable for me and I'm just lucky that I find everything comfortable underneath one tree. Right. As long as you're comfortable and you're out in the field, that's what really matters. Yeah. And the only thing I'm really even thinking about as I'm saying, I don't know if I'd get something like Kuyu, if Kuyu made the first light 
fingerless gloves, uh-huh. like those little ones, yeah. then I would be like, all right, cooing forever. But yeah. I think I might buy a piece of first light gear because yeah. those gloves look pretty nifty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, right now, but, I, like the, I think I have, I have one of the puffy jackets from first light right now, too, yeah. that I used last season. It worked great. It was a synthetic. Yeah. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, the super down ultra would probably fit my needs better, but I got a good deal on the first light. I was like, I'm not going to not... I'm not going to just sit there and not buy something good. That's well, it's gear. Dude. It's like whatever's going to work yeah. for you exactly. and your budget, <laughs> dude. Do whatever works that's for that your sense. budget. You know? Yeah. Really, I mean, it's that's you know yeah, whatever works for your budget, man. So what? Back so, to your gear. What are you running for a zone? So for a zone, I've got the Tiburon pants. Yeah, absolutely love them. Um, sometimes if it's a cooler morning or if I'm going to go somewhere else, not mm-hmm. necessarily for a zone, I have the zip off bottoms, Yeah, which are one of those things that I didn't think about at first, but now that I have them by far, one of my favorite pieces of gear, cause they're so nice. You don't have to take your boots off. You can just zip them off yeah. and you can cool down or warm up really fast. Yeah. With the tops, I'm usually running the, if it's a zone, the synthetic t-shirt, mm-hmm. I think is it the 130 SS or Peloton 130 probably. Yeah. Love that shirt. Um, I also have some of their merino pieces that yeah. I really like as well. Um, the 97 hoodie mm-hmm. is uh, great for if it's just going to be a little bit cooler in the morning yeah. and then you just want to take it off. Um, and then if it gets a little bit uh, colder, then I wear the I have the 240 Peloton as well mm-hmm. and the guide jacket, which when I was just in Arizona, I absolutely loved that. It worked well for you down in Arizona because oh, it was cold on that trip, wasn't super it? Super cold. Yeah. Um, they just got loaded with a bunch of snow recently, but I mean, there was still, we were hiking around, it was above my uh, boots. Um, oh, wow. Hiking around in snow when we were up uh, kind of by the Grand Canyon and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Up uh, like Unit 9 and stuff, so it was... Just letting it, was, it all hang out, telling yeah. people where you're hunting. Well, it was one of those things that it was like, I had such little success there, I don't mind telling yeah, okay. I went to, <laughs> went to five different units when I was in Arizona, so I could oh, throw out go. one of the yeah. first ones. All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right? One of the first ones you hit. So... You kind of said, you know, like the layers, right? Yeah. What kind of archery equipment are you using? Because you guys both sound like you're pretty particular to archery, right? So, like, as far as a release goes or arrows, are you guys loading your arrows with front weight, you know? So, I I used to be really, really into that, and I followed everything when it came to archery stuff. And over the past few years, um, or after I got the bow that I originally had, the Hoyt, um, I did, was really into it for about a year and a half, and then my dad, we got a dirt bike, and then I started riding dirt bikes a lot more again. So uh-huh. kind of, so where we were storing the dirt dirt bikes took away from my range, basically my shooting range. So I what I wasn't able to shoot my bow as much, and I kind of just didn't have the um, time really to sit there and um, sit there and just keep up with everything. So now, like I've looked at it now, and I noticed like people are when I was into it i people weren't doing four veins on an arrow or loading their fronts with weights i was like what is this stuff? what's so all like this kinda, new stuff yeah so i was like i gotta kind of look at that again but yeah. i've been running carbon express maxima hunters and i've been happy with them yeah um, are you using fixed blades or so i'm using a swacker expandable uh-huh so um i kind of just like that just because i've liked the idea of it actually opening up inside the yeah. animal as opposed to outside i know a lot of people that use swackers and love them yeah so um on top of that one of the the second peg I ever shot with it, I shot it high at 25 yards. I guessed it to, or no, I shot it at 20 yards, guessed it to be about 25. So I shot it high, but thing only ran 30 yards. Uh-huh. There's blood everywhere. And that was at that point, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get rid What's of What's your draw length? I got really short arms. Oh, really? Like, even though, like, I'm like 
I'm six foot one. I only have a 27 and a half inch draw length. No shit. So it's kind of, yeah, it's one of those weird things that like I, from the time I was 14 to now, my drawings only went up half an inch. Yeah. So, um, which is, you know, that is what it is, but, mm-hmm. and then I shoot 60, 60 pounds right now. But I, like I said, once they start shooting a little bit more, especially now that I live in an apartment, it's hard to shoot a lot. Right. But yeah, Swacker Broadheads, I use a True Fire, just standard release. Um, nothing too fancy, yeah. really. I, I Although the, it does have a fold back feature that just snaps and folds back out of the way. Yeah. That is a necessity, I think. For you? That, that's a necessity for me. I'll never buy a release that doesn't have that. Really? I, it just, I because I like having the wrist release. I don't like the handheld ones. Yeah. Um, and then having that fold back on there to just keep it out of my way mm-hmm. when I'm hiking, doing whatever. I have to head trekking poles or whatever. It's out of my way. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. That's, it's a necessity for me. For sure. having a full back. Um, quiver, I know you were talking about it. I don't know if you ever did that. We are uh, talking about last time, the tight spot quiver. Mm-hmm. I didn't switch. Yeah. No. I, I think that's the best quiver there is on there. Just On the market? Yeah, yeah. I think so. From what I've seen and whatnot, I still think it's one of the best out there. Yeah. I um, mean, I've been running a hip quiver for years, you know? So yeah, you're saying that. I don't know. I just, I, lo- I love a hip quiver. To me, it's just been the best. I'm, I'm probably going to be switching to a bow mounted quiver back to it. Yeah. You know, after the last four or five years of, of using a hip quiver. Yeah, that's like my dad. He tried to use a hip quiver just because he wanted to be different because he's a weirdo, but it didn't work for him too well. It works great for me. Yeah. I mean, absolutely great for me. The only time I have a problem is when I have to take my pants off to take a shit. Yeah, I can I see that. I have to take my quiver off, too. Imagine you can't an arrow look off up, to the side. Poke arrow up out. the ass in a backcountry. How would that feel? Yeah, I mean. That wouldn't be fun. That wouldn't be fun at all. <laughs> no, I don't know anybody who'd enjoy that. He's <laughs> sitting right next to us. Right. What about you, Kyle? For um, my bow, I actually, uh, as I mentioned, I had my bow that I initially had from when I was 13. Starting back east. Exactly. Yeah. And then, was it two years ago, I had a bow... Bought it brand new. Let a friend. Uh, he was like, "Oh, I used to grow. I grew up shooting bows. Can I uh, try and pull your bow back so I can see? Can I dry fire your bow for you? Exactly. Is that what happened? Exactly. <laughs> so I told him. I was like, "Well, obviously, if you've shot bows, you know, don't dry fire it." Yeah. He's like, "Dude, I grew up shooting bows. I know." So I wasn't watching him. I had my head in the trunk because I was giving him back a canoe that he let me borrow to go on a hunt. Uh huh. And I just hear. <laughs> The bow just explodes. No way. So luckily he was a homie enough that he cut me a check right there on the spot for because I had just bought the bow two weeks ago uh-huh. and was like, here you go. So I took that money. They didn't have the bow that I bought. I uh, came up here, bought the Hoyt Power Max. You mean here to, to West, West Coast? Coast, correct. Yeah. Should have uh, been more specific than pointing since yeah. no one can see on the podcast. Right. But uh, yeah, here at West Coast. Hans hooked me up with the uh, Power Max. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love that bow. Yeah, um, I've got it rigged up with the Spot Hog Fast Eddie XL sight um, that he had recommended as well. Yeah. Um, let's see. I have the Hoyt uh, drop release or mm-hmm. the drop uh, rest. I have the um, tight spot quiver, mm-hmm. which I won at the West Coast Archery Broadhead shoot last year, Just right? Th- exactly. Yeah, I remember that, that. Plug raffle in there. tickets. Exactly. Yeah. And well, uh, the broadhead shoot this year is going to be pretty epic. It's going to be even better than the last couple of years. And, and the we're last doing. Year was amazing. We're doing. We're off. doing like the seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. So yeah. it's going to be like a camping trip the whole weekend. Seminars. Families, seminars, blood trailing, skinning out animals. That's great. You know field preparation whatever you might do there might be a pack race 
you know, in the morning on Saturday. Nice. I don't know if you guys, you know, Sheep Show, if you've seen Sheep Show or the pack races. Oh, they did see there. that. Yeah. Anything like that, you know, it's going to get interesting. There's a lot of wild, crazy ideas, you know. Maybe talk some bees on blacktail hunting on Friday night. We're going to do a flip-flop Friday night. So come I've already requested that. the time off. Good. Yeah. So how much is I'm that again? What? The, the registration. How much is that? You have no idea? Beats the sh- I can't remember um, right now off the top of my head. Doesn't matter. It's worth it. I got, yeah. yeah, I got to go request that time off. I think I'm it's like... Married. Don't you got to relax. <laughs> You're getting married? Bills to pay, yeah. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's reaction so far. Everybody's reaction so far. So yeah. Shit. Right? Yeah, you bring her with you. You expose her to the outdoors life and all the people that are in it that you follow on all your shit. And this is what bring we do. her around you two fuckers. <laughs> There's going to be a lot more than just us here. Oh, Prepare. Shit. Damn. Get a tent. Get cozy. I got a truck. I'll sleep in the back of the truck. Or do that. Way better. As long as you're there. As Best long as you're there. Yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah, you probably won't. I'll be there. And when you're not, I'll re- we're uh, going to call you. We're going to face Yeah, you're, you're going to get throw you under the bus. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there. We'll be waiting. Uh, yeah, you will be. Yeah. So, back to it. And, uh, I mean, after the quiver, I had the release I'm running. Mm-hmm. You guys had the uh, awesome giveaway that yeah. you guys were running. And That's right. I uh, got that won- BOA release exactly. from Spot Hog. The Spot Hog, and mm-hmm. I love that. And yeah. since Anthony was mentioning the flip back, it was something I'd never thought about before. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really shitty release uh, years ago that kind of just like always kind of stuck out there. It was like 30 bucks at Walmart or something. Yeah. And then I switched to the thumb release, and that was all right, but I'm someone that I lose a lot of stuff. Right. And lose when I was everything. In, exactly. And I even was in Arizona, thought it was in my pocket. And it wasn't. It wasn't. So, Did you have an extra oh, release? So I had that release, and I yeah. had it uh, actually... Hans had told me that the draw length might be a little bit different yeah. from uh, thumb releases, holding in your hand, and the wrist release. So I'd kept it in my bag as a backup in case I lost the one, because known to lose things. Right. So it happened, I pulled it out, and shot a couple of shots at the target, and it actually worked out really well. Mm-hmm. I was like, I like this so much better. So now, I'm using that full time now, mm-hmm. and uh, it's amazing. And Dude, I learned the hard way about keeping a second release, man. I was out in the field opening morning and uh thank god my hunting partner john this dude had an extra release with him the uh part for the trigger on my release had unscrewed and fallen off while it was tied while it was around my wrist so i never even knew that i lost it and then like every now and then i'll just link onto my string and click off you know daydream like that there's a book right there yeah 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 totally yeah and that's how I found out that I yeah. no longer had my... It's a rough way to find out. Yeah. I always practice. Every time I go shoot, I always take a few shots with fingers. Right? I always take a few shots with fingers just because I'm just like, Mm-mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back. I'm gonna, if I have to... Well, I lost it in the field. There was no, like, I mean, sure, it took shots before I left camp, but there's I left no camp. <laughs> and there's no yeah. practicing, you know? It's just, oh, yeah. it's just gone. It's, where the hell did it go? Thank God my buddy had one, so, yeah. you know able to swap that out man rough but business dude yeah it just makes sense to have a second one on just like there's a bunch always of things have that, an extra release on hand there's a lot of extra things that'll carry in my pack that you know it's like yeah. just in case and that's one that will like always be there oh for like, sure sometimes i'll bring an extra knife i have like a little bag that i keep in the bottom yeah like an emergency bag essentially mm-hmm. where i'll keep a different knife in case what do you keep in your out. emergency bag first aid kit um yeah. Mainly after Anthony I gets on me about not, I don't carry a first aid Neither kit. Neither do I. I. I mean, like I have, I have a quote unquote emergency kit, 
just I don't even right. have that. Really. That's I like, just, like yeah. dude, easiest emergency kit you could do, dude. Cost less than fifteen bucks. Get a Ziploc bag. Get a CD. You know what a CD I is? Know what a like CD a compact is. disc. I'm not, I'm not that CD young. Player. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, man, it's a, or baby it's over not, here. Is there a CD <laughs> store anywhere in these days? Because I can you find a record store before you'll find a CD That's true. store. You know? But I'll put a CD in the bag. Um, I'll do cotton balls soaked in Vaseline, yeah, right, as a fire starter. Yeah. I'll put a flint in there with a striker. I'll put a lighter in there. I'll put a. a 20 feet of paracord yeah in there and it's just this tiny little bag that has like some serious essentials you know um one of those space blankets. blankets yeah yeah space blanket in there and dude it weighs next to nothing it can stay buried in my pack i, I actually had to dig it out the other day i was talking to Anthony about it and i forgot when i got rid of one of my packs a year ago i you know i'd taken it out and put it on the side and then I never put it in my new pack. So the last year I didn't have my emergency. Yeah. But like right. I said, dude, you can get all that yeah. stuff. You put a little tiny battery LED in there. Yeah. Dude, you get it all for less than 20 bucks on Amazon. You've got a full mini craft survival kit in your pack. Now, Super. So what is a CD for? What is a CD for? So what I, it, stupid what, fucking what, question. No, I'm no, sure it's about. not, dude. It's what totally, tone? it's totally a good question. Stop What's playing the music, bud? <laughs> no fucking. So when you're fucked, you can. So what's the bottom of a CD? What's the bottom of a CD look like? Oh, it's like a mirror. Super reflective, right? Now I got you. So now if you're stuck out somewhere and there's people looking for you and helicopters flying over and you can reflect the sun, you got a little SOS. I was just thinking like a CD that's fucking really big and flimsy and that's just gonna break really easy. Like if a mirror, like you get a small mirror like that, I'm sure. CD's gonna be easier and cheaper. I guess. Yeah. Now I'm gonna add one thing that I might suggest you add to your pack. Yeah. Because I used to be very similar and, you know, whatever, I'm not getting you a first aid kit. Not a big deal. Right. My girlfriend's dad for Christmas a couple years ago got me an REI gift card for yeah. like 25 bucks or whatever. So I bought their cheap little uh, first aid kit, which had band-aids and like little, uh, you know, gauze and shit like that. Yeah. So I had sat in my pet for a long time and I also had one of those um, quick clots. Mm-hmm. And uh, that had expired. I had it in my bag since I didn't throw my pack out, and I had it in my pack for so long, mm-hmm. and it wasn't used when I was living in Santa Barbara. This thing sat in there, yeah. So it expired in like two thousand like seven or something like that. Yeah. So it was long gone. I threw it out. Three weeks after I threw that out, I went pig hunting with my buddy Nick. It was last year when it was. Uh, do you remember when it was like snowing and hailing? And yeah, it was, it was like pig this time hunting of year. that day. It was terrible. Exactly. Yeah, we were messaging. Yeah. So. We were making a fire. I was chopping the wood as you're supposed to, kind of like splitting small pieces mm-hmm. and using the hatchet and hitting it with another piece of wood, uh-huh. splitting it right away. Yeah. I was cold as shit. It was raining. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I want this fire started faster. So I hold the wood with my hand and I take the hatchet and I swing down, expecting to get my hand out of the way in time. I don't. <laughs> I cut the tip of my thumb off. <laughs> oh my Literally right to the bone. Just the tip. <laughs> just to see just how the tip. And uh, I'll show you the picture on Instagram afterwards. Yeah. But uh, it's literally so much blood's coming out. And being a waiter, I have all these stupid black napkins for my uh, work that I'll just leave in my apron. Yeah. So they're all scattered around my car. So I'm going through napkin after napkin after napkin trying to stop the bleeding. My buddy goes over and looks at the axe because I left it on the table. It's like, you have to check this out. 
I'm like, hi, what's up? He's like, your thumb's still on the axe. <laughs> on the blade. Still <laughs> on the blade. So no shout out way. to like Schrader Hatchets or whatever the brand is. Very, very sharp hatchets. And you just stuck to it like a just suction cup. stuck to it perfectly. Wow. So uh, Did you harvest it and bring it to a doctor and get I'd it stitched say, back on? No. So it was just like, imagine right at the tip of the fingernail. Yeah. So you can see my thumb's kind of like... Fucked up, up up here. Yeah. So it was the most perfect way you could cut His off. His thumb's tip of missing thumb. half of the tip. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like <laughs> <laughs> it uh, could have been way worse, and yeah. I immediately was just like, I'm just thankful I still have my entire thumb. Like it yeah. could have gone so much worse, but it was bad enough that it was bleeding everywhere, and I was like, I had that quick clot in my bag for so long, mm-hmm. and then I just you know did something stupid, and I wish that I had it. Yeah. So I ended up having to sleep like this in my sleeping bag with my arm propped up. Mm-hmm. So that my arm is above my chest because to try and stop the bleeding because it just would not stop. For sure. So now I always keep a quick clot in my bag as well. Nice. Quick clot. Quick clot. All right. Just one of those, it's like a sponge. It's like this big and it's supposed to stop the bleeding really yeah. fast. Anthony, so, Anthony kept Pepto-Bismol in his. Really? Oh, man. That saved me. Uh, <laughs> I had a bad season on a mountain in Montana. It's that mountain house. Dude, it was, I was even eating mountain house. I think what had happened is we had cleaned his deer the night before, and I think I got bile on my hands. Oh, you're going to wash your hands? And then I don't hands. think that I washed my hands between, well between cleaning out his deer and, and then eating, eating Burger King that night in our transition from Utah to Montana. Yeah, that would oh, do man. it. And... Uh, by Wednesday, halfway up the mountain, it was terrifying. So anytime I've gutted anything, mm-hmm. if I shoot a pig in the morning, I can't eat meat the rest of the day. How come? It tastes like you know that smell that like just kind of just the gut smell, javelina smell. Like I I I taste that smell yeah. when I'm eating any kind of meat, no matter yeah. what it is. I can't. I just like that the rest of that day. I can't eat meat or I'll throw up. I For just, sure, I can't do it. That's For nice. sure, it's weird. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Another thing that's always sometimes good to have in your kit. I never thought about some gloves. Bowl, but well, I'll yeah, like gloves, gloves, dude. Gloves. So I'll keep gloves in there. I've asked. Or my just chef wash your fucking hands. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I was like, yeah, get some yeah. fucking wipes. Like, what the yeah, fuck? What's wrong with you, dude? No, you don't have baby wipes. What if you gotta take a shit, man? Oh no, I usually always have <laughs> sixty baby wipes. Sixty baby yeah, wipes. Six. It's worth the wait to back around. Now why? Yeah, six. You need sixty. I mean, dude, it depends know. where I'm going. <laughs> I, keep I mean, two this year's Montana. At least you got it. My dad will get up the mountain and he's like, You got any toilet paper? I'm like, What? Yeah. I keep two separate stashes just in case. Again, well, I'll keep I one in the truck, truck and then one. Oh, yeah. I, keep, I always keep, one I keep one in a full roll in the truck. Uh, yeah. I keep a always. small little roll in like one pocket and then another little bit in that emergency just, bag. Just pinch it in your hand yep, and exactly. wrap it around. Wrap it up, put it in a plastic bag, and you're good to go. It's like your own flat toilet paper roll. Exactly. Personalized for your butt. Perfect. Right? Exactly. Project Angel your cornhole, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Angel soft. Angel soft, for sure. For oh, sure. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I don't know. Toilet paper is just mountain money, dude. That's oh, important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Definitely important. Need it. I also have used those uh, stupid work napkins, though, too, when I had Not literally fun. nothing. Dude, I've fucking so? straight up, like, pulled my pants down and started cutting off squares in my sock. <laughs> <laughs> cutting <laughs> off squares on my oh, underwear. Yeah. Like, no. Like, I don't t-shirt. need this piece right here. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like, yeah. how short can I cut these? Dude, I got to... <laughs> I forgot toilet You got paper like loose tidy whities going on. Right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Right? So, all that being said, if there's some guys that are in California and they're kind of, you know, they're new to hunting, they're not really sure on what to do, you know, what would you recommend to them if they want to get into archery hunting in A zone? Watch. Are you going to go first? 
I was just gonna say, so I, so like I said, I work in retail, so I get this question a lot from a lot of guys about I, hunting, about hunting, like guys who, oh, okay. guys who maybe own guns or whatever, yeah. And they're just, like, I look at them, I tell them like, you're gonna spend a lot of money to spend all your days off getting up at two in the morning, yeah. So think about that. Are you, do you really want to do that? And if you, and then on top of that, if you want to get into archery hunting, it's not just you buy a bow and you go hunt. You have to practice with that bow. You have to know how to shoot that bow, and you got to be sufficient with that bow because if you can't hit a paper plate at whatever distance you're shooting at you don't shoot at an animal basically Mm -hmm. you can't shoot a paper plate at 40 yards don't shoot at an animal at 40 yards yeah it's that simple you can't um and there's a lot of guys who think they could just do that and i just that's what i tell them is like no it's not it's not that simple there's a lot more to it for sure um and but i also tell people not to get overwhelmed because it's an overwhelming it's an overwhelming process man like I think with just with social media and everything like that, they we, they try to everybody's trying to sell somebody on something. Yeah, makes it overcomplicated. Yeah, you know, like I'll tell you guys, like yeah, like this is what I wear and everything, but you don't got to do that. You can go oh, out for sure. You can go out with jeans and a t shirt. You don't need. It to took wear me years no to get to put together my kit that yeah. I have now with all my exactly. Kuyu gear and my boots and all my different things. You know what yeah. I mean? Exactly. It's like years right, of building that. It's like you look at me. It's like, dude, I got. Two pairs of pants and a shirt. Like, it's not anything yeah. crazy special. Well, I wear that's this, the thing. I like, have one shirt. Like, that's what I wear every time I go hunting. <laughs> for me, like, one pair of pants, it lasts me six days. Exactly. Absolutely. And, like, sure, dude, is Especially that grimy? Yeah, but, like, yeah, but you're hunting. that's Who's, the way it goes. We're man. sleeping yeah. in the dirt anyways. So, yeah. come on. <laughs> but, yeah, so I tell, because, you know, you look online, it's like, they think, like, oh, I got to spend all this money. It's like, no, you don't, man. Go out in yeah. jeans. Go out in a t-shirt that's, well, like, not white like, or blue. Dude, buy, some, buy, buy one piece of gear a paycheck. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. Exactly. Spend seventy-five to a hundred bucks, and I guarantee you, for all the different gear companies or Sportsman's Warehouse mm-hmm. or Cabela's or Bass Pro, if if you buy a piece of gear at seventy-five bucks for three that's or four months, yeah. you're gonna have a halfway decent kit that you can hunt. And that's on the that's high end. I put too. mine together. Yeah, it's I just tell- like every other week like all right i'll spend a little oh, bit of money the, the, here. there's two things i tell them to buy it's invest your money in boots because mm-hmm. boots, boots are absolutely, absolutely important socks yeah so i well so three things actually because socks are real important to me so boots and socks and boots and socks thing? and a third thing is optics binoculars optics. get yourself mm-hmm. a pair of binoculars. i didn't when my first so what, two, what kind of binoculars running, are you running i'm running vortex vipers okay so my first three years of hunting i didn't have a pair of binoculars yeah my dad didn't even have my dad had a 30 dollar pair of yeah. Redhead binoculars. Yeah, unless it didn't know. I'm transitioning right yeah. now from Vortex to Maven. So nice. I'm I, considering that. Yeah. Um. So right, and then you know, and then I got a pair of Bushnells, and I figure, oh, you kind of kind you can use these things pretty well. Yeah. And then I eventually broke those, and then mm-hmm. bought you know Vortex Vipers. She's like, oh, for super cheap used. Yeah. I'll be selling um, a Spotter and and some Vipers. I, I get a pretty good discount yeah. on Vortex. If you Need that shit. There you go. Well, well, I'm talking about switching Maven, but if another deal springs up, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah, Maven. So that's, those are the three main things I tell people to to invest their money in because I have socks that I wore for hunting. Well, and you just got ones. some fancy boots. I just got some boots. I got them. I didn't I, know Ariat. Ariat made some yeah. fucking hunting boots. Yeah. So with my work, like I said. I get kind of access to different things. Player like, prices. Yeah, I get okay. basically. So, this I just bought Ariat boots and so so far they are the most comfortable pair of hunting boots I've had. Uh-huh. Um, I've only put on one hike on them so far, so we'll see how they do. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, obviously, one hike ain't going to tell you jack shit if they're yeah. comfortable, but they fall apart within four hikes. That's not going to be worth anything. Put on like a 15-mile hike. Yeah. but yeah. So by the end of next season, I'll definitely be putting it out there. But I, from what, I, from what I've known about these and like, no, no information on there about yeah. these boots at all. So... If they're, so if far, they so good. Out, though. Yeah, so far, so good. So they're so far, they're comfortable. That's all. I, that's, that's all, all I can say. And that's a real important thing. If they yeah. can hold up to what we put them through, then area, you guys, if you, if I could get anybody to listen to this, you guys need to figure out a marketing team for that because that, that could be a big, big seller there. So it's funny, dude. Every every CBA dinner I go to. That's all anybody at those things wears is their Ariat cowboy boots. That's no, I mean like their shirts, their vests, their oh, hats, yeah. everything. Everything's Ari- just, Yeah, it's like I wear Ariat cowboy boots. Like Ariat, I'll, I'll wear their boots. Ariat I wear their Justin's. work boots. I mean, I'm wearing them right now. Yeah. Not, you know, <laughs> I don't go anywhere without cowboy boots. I can't. I don't like tennis shoes. It's okay, you little redneck. I don't like tennis <laughs> shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Nice belt. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What would you tell someone if they want to get into days on archery hunting? So it's actually pretty interesting that we're talking about this because, um, so I, when I was in Santa Barbara, the people yeah. that kind of got me into, I had some buddies that I worked with that spearfished. Mm-hmm. And so they got me into spearfishing, which then pushed me back into archery. But now that they're not spearfishing as much, they're trying to get into archery. So yeah. they've been asking me of how to do this. So like my friend that I cut the tip of my thumb off with, he was one of those friends. Um, but another one of our like group of friends just got his license yesterday, uh-huh. two days ago. So I'm taking one of my old bows down to him, and uh, so obviously if you want to start hunting, you're going to need a bow, but I right. told him, I've got, I've got right. this bow sitting around, yeah. you're not going to be able to just go right on out, you know, in a couple months when the season opens up, mm-hmm. so practice with it. Mm-hmm. We'll go out and uh, we'll go chase some pigs, he lives down in Slow, so like we'll go for some spots down there, we'll go figure things out, but you need to shoot first and foremost. Right. So once you get your practice, practice down, practice, practice. he hikes a lot. So and that's something both said is practice. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm just going to reiterate pretty much exactly what Anthony was saying is binoculars. I yeah. told him, dude, you can go out with literally nothing but your bow, your binoculars. I might recommend a rangefinder as well because mm-hmm. I have missed three pigs from mm-hmm. not using a rangefinder and kick myself still for it. So rangefinder is good, but you know. If you're just really good and you can stock, stock in close enough, you're not going to need the rangefinder if you can get into 20 yards. So yeah. That's just an additional thing on there, but it does make it a lot nicer. But, um, yeah, boots and optics and, you know, practicing your bow are the essentials. What and kind of boots are you running? So I just got crispy boots. How do you like those? Love them. I have the Thors and... I actually have them in the car right now. Uh-huh. I brought them just in case I was like, I might just want to go on a hike. Yeah. They're like so comfortable that it's like, I would rather wear those than these fucking shoes I'm wearing now. Yeah. It's like, well, and then they got another new pair of boots coming out too that I'll pick up. I have two really? pairs of Crispies and a pair of Scarpas. And oh, nice. Crispies are just I love hands them. down. I mean, uh, you know, I got the, uh, the Idaho. Okay. Yeah. For a little bit warmer. For right? my, for my warmer weather, California hunts, stuff like that. And okay. I got the Nevadas. Nice. For, I was in debate, and now I kind of wish I would have gotten the guides, just because mm-hmm. they're a taller boot. Um, but I got the Nevadas for my snow and my late season hunts, and I've never worn a better boot. They're so comfortable, it's ridiculous. Even my Thors, like I was saying, they're yeah. covered with snow, and yeah. they're supposed to be like a really warm, uh, warm weather boot. Yeah, boot. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it held up great. Just That's awesome. Totally waterproof. I was literally walking in snow four or five hours without yeah. taking a break and it was totally fine so so we're gonna say well it's not even a sidetrack cool. for people that are gonna get into archery I mean in my experience I've found that working with a pro shop 
has always been way more beneficial than going to a Dick's or going to Sportsman's Warehouse or going to uh, uh, Cabela's or Bass Pro or something like that and picking up a bow and actually finding a local pro shop. Like, you have a local pro shop where you live down in Manteca, right? No, no. I, well, I lived in Fremont. I just lived Fremont. in Fremont. So that's where I, I'd go to, it's a place called Archery Only. Yeah. It's in Newark. That's where I got my bow. Yeah. And like I, like you said, for people, if they're willing to spend the money, yeah. go to a shop, have, go through it. Because they will, they will basically give you a lesson of free, yeah. without realizing it. Just cause for they, sure. Because they love what they do. For they, sure. They, work, they love what they do. They like doing that kind of stuff. And, and they're, they're there like to help. help. Yeah, they're there to and, help. As you. opposed to make a sale. Yeah. Right? That's so exactly. Like that was my... When I would when I would go to Cabela's or something like that and deal with shops, it would be about a sale and the most expensive pieces of gear. They wouldn't work with me. They wouldn't offer suggestions on lower cost items that maybe I could replace a and year could down just, the road. And that could just be ignorance from the, on their part too. Yeah, so like that where too. I work, you know, for sure. Like I work, I sell bows, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, dude, look, go go 20 minutes down the road, go to Archie and Lee Newark. It's not that far. Yeah. They're gonna have a bigger selection than us. They're gonna know, you know. I know decent amount, but and that's down in, in Newark. In Newark, yeah. Okay. So basically, Fremont, but yeah, for sure. Um, Bay Area shop, yeah, Bay Area shop. Yeah. So, and I tell people all the things. I I said I sell bows at my work, but we don't sell a whole lot. And I tell people, I'm like, look, like I could do this, and I could help you out, but if you want a better selection, they're the way to go. They mm-hmm. have a full range there. Yeah. I have a, you know, a ten yard little just test shoot range. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be able to help you out with a lot more than I can. Yeah. Form, um, form everything. everything. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and that's just what it is. Some guys, a lot of guys take that advice. Some guys are like, no, I'd rather yeah. stick with you. You seem like, like you're good enough. I'm like, okay. Well, yeah. Kyle, what fine. would you say your experience is with a pro shop? Dude, I, again, can't say enough thanks to West Coast. Yeah. They've helped me out so much. Yeah. They, even last year, I needed my bow restrung. They had it done so quickly. Right before the season, too. It was yeah. one of those things that I knew. Like, I waited too long, and they turned it out. Like, had great customer service. Yeah. Both Hans and Adrian, just both great people. So, right. it just helped come up man. here. I, I drive an hour yeah. just to come up here because, you know, I live five minutes from a Dix. Yeah. I'm not taking my bow over to the Dix. Yeah. I take it up here, and it's great. Yeah. And every time I have a question, they help me out with it. So, that's been a big thing that I've noticed throughout the last couple of years because uh-huh. I always grew up with like oh you know you just go to Dick's and you buy your sporting goods yeah now it's like when you actually want to get into something more than just like you know whatever <laughs> you know and you actually want people to know what they're talking about this you definitely go to a pro shop right and so here's well it's kind of too to write on what Anthony was saying is like you're getting a lesson yeah right. you know what I mean and they'll work on your bow relatively for free especially yeah. if you're buying it in their shop yeah. and you're supporting the local exactly. business exactly you know, it's, and that's so, in the beginning, it might not seem that important, but down the road, it yeah. actually becomes extremely important. It's like the yeah. guys at the archery shop there in New York, I haven't seen them in a while now, just because, like I said, I'm, just, I'm a busy guy, school, yeah. work, and I live, you know, an hour away from them now. And you're meeting the devil, um, I mean, and you're getting married. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> um, so it's like, I don't get, but when I go over there, they still see me and they're like, hey, how's it going? You know, it's been a while. And we, I'll, like, I'll go in there just to talk with the guys. Just because yeah. I like, I like talking to them. Wayne, Wayne and Roger, they're, you know, everybody seems to know them and everything. And they're just really good guys. Um, willing to help you with anything you need. And I've talked to several people and they're like, yeah, I, they won't sell you on a more expensive bow. They'll tell you like, yeah, you could buy this bow, but if you're on a budget, you could get this bow that's cheaper, that's going to be honestly up to par with it and you could get all this nicer accessories which honestly i'd rather have 
you know, an $800 bow with a $200 sight as yeah. opposed to a $1,200 bow with a $50 sight. Yeah. I mean, ju- that's just me, but that's, but I, most people I think would agree with me on that. For sure. So. For sure. So how do you guys feel about hunting and social media? <laughs> I mean, it's got pros and cons, uh-huh. but I think that a huge part of my success uh-huh. has been from social media, meeting yeah. people like you. Because Andy, you put us in contact. I guess. Did I? No, I wouldn't say that. Are you just kind of? Yeah, no, because uh, we were... I, am, I was asking him about why an area was closed. You had been messaging him, asking him to go out scouting with you. With that in that area. And then yeah. when we met up at the Kuyu thing, I was saying what's up to Andy, and that's when you well, were we with were Andy. Already, we were already talking about it before. Go. Yeah, I don't know. If we were talking, I remember. I think you might have messaged me on Instagram, but I think I Andy messaged- was the first person to say, "Hey, there's someone else who had asked me to come scout this area <laughs> with you." Yeah, it's like you guys need to talk. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, so sure, you know, it has negative impacts, and uh-huh. people will talk shit, and stuff is gonna happen. Yeah. But I think the majority of it is positive in the aspect of, like I said, I have so many more friends that through seeing things on Instagram and stuff that are like interested yeah. in starting hunting. Yeah. And with hunting numbers decreasing so much and mm-hmm. like I was listening to the Gritty podcast the other day. Yeah. He was talking about if each hunter could recruit one other hunter, we would be able to reverse all the deficits and sales that we're having from the um, baby boomer generation not buying licenses anymore, not going out hunting. Yeah. So with positive or social media leading into positive influences and bringing in more people, it's only going to benefit the hunting community as long as we can do our part to make sure everything stays positive. For sure. So it's going to bring more people in. It brings connections. Like, it's how we're all friends. Yeah. Because we all met through Instagram. Yeah. I've met a lot of other people, you know, awesome people that I would have never met before, even in other states, all through social media, through common interests. For sure. So it's a good way that you can kind of just sort people out of like, hey, I'm probably going to like this person. We have a lot, quite a bit in common. Yeah. And make a lot of new friends from it. Right. So there is some negative to it, but I What would you say some of the negative is? You get people that, uh, people want to fight about things. People want to say, that's a small buck. Why'd you shoot that? You yeah. know, the private land, public land argument always gets right. thrown up. People are just trying to, you know, it's a pissing contest sometimes. Yes. Yeah. For sure, dude. It totally is. It's an ego contest. Right. Yeah. Big is, time ego yeah. contest. Which is why I've run my YouTube channel, The Shitty Hunter. Yeah. I've set myself up. Right. Like, you know what? Like, everyone else is out here trying to show off, do this whole cool thing. I'm like, I know. I suck. I'm out dude, here all I the time. I love The Shitty Hunter. I it's, love the concept behind it. I love all of that. That's so awesome. You've got to embrace the fact that you're going to go out a lot and you're right. probably not going to come back with right. things nearly as much as you go out. <laughs> so I The just amount of days that. that I spend in the field compared to the amount of days where I've actually killed an animal. Unbelievable, <laughs> not, even <right>? close. <laughs> not even close, dude. Yeah. This last year, there's five days in the field, four days in the field where I killed animals. And I'd probably say that I spent, I don't know, over 150 days in the field. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's so, just crazy. It just was trying to play off of the fact of, you know, it was one of those things. My buddy is uh, the one who was with me. It was either my girlfriend's little brother or my buddy Nick was with me. I chopped my thumb off. Yeah. the tip off. And they were just like, dude, how much you're going out? They just call him sitting around the campfire. They're like, dude, you're the shitty hunter. Right. And I was like, all right. And told me you should start doing videos about it or something. Uh-huh. So just with that whole thing, I just started making YouTube videos. And uh, my girlfriend had bought me a GoPro. Yeah. So it kind of just started from that. But 
that's one of the negatives that I see about it. So I kind of tried to have that joke with it and go the opposite way of just showing people what it's about as opposed to being like, hey, look at me. I'm going to be killing the biggest buck every time. Like, actually, honestly, I've made six videos without me killing an animal. But (laughs) I'm still getting out there and showing you kind of what it's like. Yeah. So spoiler alert for those videos, you'll see some great National Geographic footage, but <laughs> there's no grip and grin at the end. <laughs> That's where it ends. <laughs> exactly. So At the National Geographic footage. <laughs> exactly. All my friends say, hey man, you should just quit hunting and go work for Nat Geo. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey dude, nothing wrong with that. My uncle worked for National Geographic for a lifetime. <laughs> I think it would be awesome. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I get to do everything that I love, and if I can get out scouting too, alright. Yeah. <laughs> he had a great career doing that. Shit. It would be epic. Yeah, things you've told me that he's done. Insane. Yeah. He was the underwater guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did all kinds of stuff like that. Cool, man. So, how can people look you guys up? So, yeah. So, my Instagram will be is Stockfleet. So, that's stock like you put a stock on. So, that's an A-L-K, not an O-C-K, because everyone screwed that one up. Oh, so, okay. Stockfleet. So, fleet of ships is what I always say. Oh, okay. It's stock fleet underscore 105. You're getting so, scientific on so, Yeah, <laughs> I, I have to, man. When you live yeah. 20 years trying to explain that last name to people over the phone multiple that's times. That's your last name, is stock fleet. Stock fleet. Stock fleet underscore 105. That's And that's S T O C K. Oh, sorry. You fucking Yo, what the fuck? <laughs> I actually had a customer do that to me over the phone yesterday and he really? had to email me something and he I told him three times it's A-OK and he's like okay O-C-K I'm like no man, no, man. Do what you do you mean understand the words what? that come yeah. out of your mouth so right. yeah so Stockfleet105 and that's that's my Instagram there cool man cool what about you so I am all my friends called me Cow yeah. growing up he's just like South Park yeah so uh, I think I had made an account a long time ago with K and then 7YZLE. Uh-huh. The one I have now is KKYY because I couldn't remember the password to that. Yeah. So you can find me at KK7YZLE uh-huh. yeah. on Instagram. Or yeah. if you want to watch the Shitty Hunter videos, um, Shitty Hunter TV on YouTube. <laughs> and, uh, Shitty Hunter. Exactly. We've got some uh, cool videos on there and I've got a couple more that are about to come out. Yeah. And uh, we're going to have some epic videos this year. Yeah. Only more to come. So, I would ask you guys the addicted question, but I think you probably have already heard it. You're addicted. <laughs> right? Have you heard the addicted question? I probably have, and I'm just not... It's not... It's going over Should I head. ask I him the I addicted question? I'll, then I'll ask you a separate question. Right. Oh, that's lame. Okay, so... I'm going to give you a list of different things, and I want you to answer with addicted. <laughs> right? You, so you're gonna give me a list of several things, and you're gonna, I'm just gonna say addicted when you're listing. Yeah, things? that's so like guys that love to hunt, like you and I hunt. Addicted. Oh no, I already right? see where this is going. I already see where this is. Where's going. it going? You're gonna like say like eating dick, and then I want to say addicted, and then it's like ah, you're addicted to eating dick, and then it's like ah, man. You're way fucking you're, overthinking. Just, just do it. Just you're so like I don't even know how you got to the conclude. Do you need to jump to conclusions, Matt? Are you a right? girl? You jump to conclusions. Over there. So hold on. Let me back up. This All is right. the Dead Eye Minute. Right? Yeah. Okay. Sponsored by sponsored by Dead Eye Outfitters. Oh. Right. They make great hats, socks, sweatshirts. Wearing one now, it's so right? comfortable. Yeah. This hoodie is my favorite hoodie that they have, and it's the Ram Skull hoodie. And it's the yellow. Only... Andy is showing his skull hoodie. Ross. He is pulling Superman. his fucking jacket Superman. away like he's Superman. Yeah. yeah. 
And the only place you can get it is actually at Sportsman's Sports Warehouse. Warehouse. So if you want to try and buy it off their website, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> but so you want to grill when you do it too, right? So for guys that love to hunt as much as we love to hunt, mm-hmm. they're what? They're addicted, right? So for for women that have a shoe shopping problem. <laughs> And they go buy hella shoes for way too much money. They're addicted, right? So people that smoke entirely too much weed every single day of their life, they're probably addicted, right? Yeah. What about people that drink too much? Addicted. They're probably addicted to booze, right? Yeah. So what hits you in the mouth last night? You're not going to say it? I knew I was going somewhere with that. Yeah. <laughs> Addicted. Oh, <laughs> shit. See, yeah, no, I'm too smart for that. You're all men. You guys are your <laughs> You is going somewhere. You guys in your DP. Yeah, bullshit. Two fucking homos together. <laughs> hey, dude. tips. Hey, dude, don't hate, man. Talking about don't tips. Don't hate. You never appreciate. smiles more, though. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, Kyle, if you had to choose of having all of your teeth ripped out of your head with pliers... Or having your fingernails ripped off and your toenails ripped off with pliers, what would you choose? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, yeah, I'm glad you got that question. I don't know yeah, how to answer that. You'd rather have addicted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over here, he's complaining about the addicted. Now he's addicted. <laughs> now he's like, whoa. <laughs> that's tough, but I mean, I always have had that, like, I don't have many like recurring dreams, but one I have had met, like a couple times are the ones where you just like bite on something and your teeth all shatter and fall out or something like oh, that. Oh, so you've lived this in your dreams? In, in my <laughs> dreams, exactly. Yeah. So I think because that's in my dreams, that would probably be the way that would be worse for me than losing. Cause I've never lost more than one fingernail at a time, so. So you want to have all your teeth ripped out of your melon before? No, no. I'd rather have my fingernails and toenails pulled off than have my teeth teeth ripped out of your head. I think that would probably. Yeah, because then you could bite down on like a rag and or right. I was thinking like simple and you were like what? (laughs) And then now now we hold the pain in. You looking for a ball gag? God. <laughs> this guy. I'm getting off track here now. It's like I'm out of water. I'm all fucked up. You're out of water. I'm out of low water. on donuts. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, shit. So right yeah. on. So do you guys have any concluding thoughts before we wrap this up? No. This has been awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for yeah. having us yeah, on. Definitely. Dude, thanks really for coming back on a second time. Yeah. I'm sorry that the Two computer the first time over, but no, it's fucking it's fun. Crashed on yeah. us. Like I don't even like. And I sat there and saved the entire episode every step of the way that time. And literally, yeah. the computer shit. I thought you were going to cry for a second. You were dude, so I was upset. so pissed. You were so oh, upset. Man. I was so pissed, dude. That was rough, man. Yeah. Super rough for me. So, yeah, dude, again, you guys, thank you so much for coming back on. Thanks for having you us, know, um, We actually ended up, we're an hour and 20 minutes under of what we did last time. God damn. <laughs> I don't remember how we I don't. I was wondering that one. too. You said we're like two hours and 37 minutes. Two hours and 47 minutes, minutes when it crashed. Damn. Wow. So. We weren't even done. No, we yeah. still had <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> a few more to yeah. go over. So I guess maybe just a lot less ranting. I yeah, think that's what it was. I tried to and consolidate my thoughts a little bit more. more to the point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Instead of making people listen to that. Sorry. Serious. Yes, it was a good thing, huh? <laughs> right. Well, right on, guys. Thank you so much, dude, and and I look forward to your success for 2019 and and what you guys have coming up. Thank you so much for coming on, and we'll yeah. catch up soon. Absolutely.
Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.